You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. And on today's episode, we have another discussion with Coach Eric. Eric, what's up, man? Hey, not too much. I'm in a great mood. How are you, Trip? Awesome. I love it when uh, when everyone's in a, in a good mood. You just got over being sick, which sucks. Maybe that's why you're in a good mood. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure most of the listeners right now are probably sick, too, because everyone is. So, no, I'm in a great mood. It, it feels nice to be able to breathe fresh air again. That's great. I appreciate the little things in life. Nice. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy winter so far. Just like everyone's getting sick. I mean, you and another person on our team has gotten sick. It just It's all over the place. I would say, though, best thing you can do when you're sick, just sit there and swipe. Sit there <laughs> yeah, and just kidding. get your swiping in. You know, because what are you going to be doing anyways? Watching YouTube, watching Netflix. This is a good time to put all that action into, into work here. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't exactly require a very thoughtful process necessarily either, right? So I, I would say not. Although, be careful. Uh, actually, Eric, we'll talk about this for two seconds. What are your thoughts? And I know you have a lot of information on online dating. What are your thoughts on a guy who swipes yes on every single profile or if you're on Hinge or something, likes every single profile? Yeah, that is a uh, very faulty logic. And the the kind of thing that a lot of people were doing back when Tinder was newish, and they thought, well, this way I can just see which girls like me, right? And just choose from there. Not a good idea right now, because the algorithm reads that pattern. Okay. And it tells, you know, they want to, these apps, they want to make matches, right? But you're telling the algorithm that you will accept and that you're available to anyone. Okay. And so if I always say, if, if you're going to be a low quality swiper, you're also going to get the low quality swipers, right? You will get kind of the bottom of the barrel there. Other people who have higher standards, right? And they're being a little bit pickier. The algorithm's reading that they're not swiping right on necessarily everyone, but they're swiping right on the relative few people with uh, certain commonalities and traits and the algorithm is taking note of that, right? It's learning their their preferences and it wants to set them up with someone who matches them. So swiping right on everyone, not a good idea. Yep. Really not a good idea. It, it, you're right. It, it, kills, it kills the algorithm that's trying to work for you. And it's funny too, because I remember there would be these uh, viral videos of someone who created some sort of contraption where it was a robot just swiping right on every single girl. And it's obviously a joke, but I think a lot of people took that seriously and thought, oh yeah, no, that's that's probably just a good move. And even better, have someone do it for me, have a robot do it for me, right? But it's it's a bad idea. It really does not help the algorithm for you. But that's not what we're talking about today. Right. Even though I know, Eric, we've talked a lot about online dating, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the future as well. But today we're talking about some rules, some ideas about creating a lifestyle that's more attractive to women. And you have taken this data from women themselves, and you've formulated some of your own rules based on that, that has to do with having 
a life that women are like, wow, okay, this is attractive. There's something about this guy. I like this. So we're going to go into that today. Before we do, I want to just congratulate you, Eric, on being such an amazing coach because you started to, but have not finished telling me the story. Cause I was like, Oh no, no, wait, hold on. We got to get this on the podcast. Everyone has to listen to this cause it's awesome. One of the guys that you're working with and, and some of his results and, and just really shedding a light on the kind of guys that were able to help. But yeah, what's going on with this guy? Yeah. So, um, part of the reason actually why I can't finish telling the story is because it's in progress. Right. And I'm really excited to get on the call, our next call next week to see what updates he has for me. Although I'm sure I'm going to be getting a lot of text messages from him before then with those results. We have a client about 40 years old. He is an immigrant to the USA and just, um, brilliant, brilliant man, right? Did very well career wise. And unfortunately he didn't really learn the, the ins and outs and the social norms and how to date, right? This is a, a very intimidating new environment for him. He's been doing the coaching for a couple weeks now, maybe three weeks. And he, well, he not only went on the very first date of his life, like an actual date as a 40 year old, but he lost his virginity. This was a reality, you know, just something he could never fathom before. It, it simply didn't exist. So within a few weeks here, he, uh, and he was just describing the whole thing to me, right? He went on this first date and we always teach a lot about, you know, the physical chemistry and the importance of touch and proximity and things like that. But what's really interesting here was he was reporting to me that the girl he was on the date with was doing a lot of this to him, right? She was the one kind of initiating the touch he, and I'm, I'm still helping him be a little, you know, be a little less passive, right? He's working on it. But the bottom line is, he was doing something right. Cause this girl was really attracted to him that she felt the need to touch, to try and hold hands, right. To flirt basically. And so that went very well for him. Right. And that was his first date, very successful. And I'm really looking to, you know, really looking forward to hearing what he has this week for me. I right? love it. So. That is, that is freaking awesome. And not to confuse any guys out there. We don't only work with virgins, but we do work with virgins. I've been working with guys who are virgins ages 18 all the way to, yeah, about, about 40 years old, even, even some who are older than 40 years old. But, but we do work with all levels here. So I want to be very clear. Uh, it's interesting because sometimes I talk to guys who are interested in coaching and they say, oh, I don't know if I'd be your typical client. I know you probably work with guys who are more virgins or like super new to the game. And I said, no, we work with every single level. And, and Eric, you know that. You work with guys who are virgins. You also work with guys who are more on the advanced scale. And we'll say specifically, advanced. what would you say is more on the advanced side, Eric? What's what, like a more advanced? Like a guy who's like more in uh, advanced with dating. Like what, what does that look like? Like, what, you know, a guy who's not advanced with dating is probably a guy who's a virgin, who's never been on a date. Right. What's the other end of things you think? So, I mean, what I experience a lot of, and and that's part of the reason why I want to talk about this today is that some of these more advanced daters, they've gotten really good at the beginning stages of the dating. Okay. And they have these killer profiles and they're by all means conventionally attractive, no problem getting the girls to begin with. Um, 
they're certainly comfortable with approach too. They've got that confidence. They've they've yeah. gone through the the trials and tribulations and they've overcome that anxiety and they can comfortably go pick up women, go talk to women, go chat up any girl they want to, right? And not feel a thing. Okay, so they're they're good at that stuff. For for the people who are advanced though, they they're running into newer problems in some ways because now that they're past kind of the initial part of the process, they have to think, well, wait a minute. Well, what do I do now to keep the girl around? Exactly. Okay. And I don't care who you are. There's if, if you can seduce any girl, if you can go pick up any girl you want to, there will be a point in your life where that is simply not enough and where you want to develop a relationship past that. Okay. You may have fun with it for a while and that's all fair. That's all good and fine. Okay. But sooner or later you have to approach the problem. What do I do to make the girl stick around? Why would she want to pair up with me and start a relationship? You know, it's interesting. I feel there is always a new problem to solve. I was thinking about this recently from the very beginning stages of dating all the way to, let's say you're either hooking up with a bunch of girls or you're married and have kids there's always a new problem to solve and it's never going to be over. And I say that in a way where it's like, you're always going to be working on this and that's okay. That's great. Like you're always going to be, think about it, right? Okay. First you got your approach anxiety. Okay. You're working on that or you're working on beginning stages of setting up your profile to get matches. And then of course you go through all the motions. I'm not going to go through every single uh, pain point through dating, but let's just fast forward to, okay, now you're, hooking up with a girl and well, that's great. How do you keep her around if you want to keep hooking up with her? Or how do you let her down if you want to tell her that you're not interested in anything but a hookup? Or how do you reject a girl? Right? I get a lot of those questions in coaching because we get guys dates, we get guys to the point where women are obsessed with them. And so we have to teach them, well, this is how you let a girl down. And then what about once you get a girlfriend? How do you keep her attracted and interested? How do you keep yourself attracted and interested in in the relationship? What are the rules for having the best marriage? Okay, now what happens when you guys decide you want to have kids? What if you don't want to have kids? What does your lifestyle look like at that point? And then what happens when your kids are teenagers? And you get my point. It's like there's always something to solve. And I'm going to go a little bit on a tangent here, but I want guys to be thinking on a very specific level here when it comes to success and personal development. Don't ever think it's over. Nothing's ever over. Think about life in terms of habits. And the habit should be you're just always good at working on solving the next problem and getting to the next level. Because I'll tell you right now, on the 37 years I've been here, that hasn't seemed to end. And I'm looking at my future and I go, okay, this is going to continue right until the day I die. There's always going to be something that we're working on, if you want to, of course, to have the best life possible. And it's always going to be part of your life. There's always going to be a new challenge in your journey. And there's going to be a new roadblock. And this goes with anything. Obviously, right now we're talking about dating, sex, and relationships. But this has to do with your career and your finances. This has to do with, let's say, working out, losing weight, gaining weight, getting to a healthier stage of your life. This has to do with your overall happiness, your spirituality. There's always a next level. And so I want us all to be okay with that. 
with the fact that there's always going to be a new challenge in front of us, but that's what makes, in my opinion, life worth living. And it makes it fun and it makes it that journey. I, I imagine sometimes, what if all of my problems were solved? What the fuck? What would I do all day? You know what I mean? It's like, okay, let's imagine I have the best health in the world, the best relationships, everything is fully optimized. I have multi millions of dollars. Like, there's just no problems at all. Any, all my friends love me. I'm, I have the best friendships in the world. There's never an issue. Now what? Now I sit in a rocking chair all day and, and, and look at, look at the moon. You know, it's like, there is some beauty in always working on and optimizing and having the best life possible. I don't know. I got a little tangent there. Any thoughts on that, Eric? It's a great tangent because it's it's really all about lifestyle, right? What are you going to do with your time? What are you going to do to bring the sense of exuberance into your life? And that's what you want. And uh, come to think of it, that's also what the women want in men, right? They want to see that passion that you have, right? That aspiring to achieve. Totally. Okay? Finding ways to occupy and entertain yourself and better yourself. Okay, constantly. I guess it really wasn't really a tangent. Actually, it has a lot to do with what we're talking about today. You segued right into it, perhaps accidentally. I think that's perfect. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about lifestyle then. Okay, and I think this is such an important topic because according to most of the men I coach, it's it just goes under the umbrella of problems that exist that they never thought were problems. They never gave thought to their lifestyle and how that impacts other people and how that influences their ability to attract more particularly to keep women, right? Could we define lifestyle real quick? Sorry to interrupt. I want to just get on the same page because it is a little bit of a a vague word. Yeah, that is vague. And in fact, I'm not sure if I have a great definition for it. It's it's really how you spend your time, right? Yeah, that's great. Essentially, actually. How do you spend your time? Okay. And so I'll I'll talk about a few elements of that here. But again, the reason why I'm talking about this is because it's a relevant problem, right? I, I coach dozens of men per week and I'm seeing some of the same repeat problems, right? And this especially applies to advanced men, right? Who are good at the, the swiping game and good at approach. And now they're trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I kind of keep her around? The question you have to ask yourself when it comes to lifestyle is why does this girl or why does any woman want to be with you? What is it about you that draws her in? I mean, after all, she's got choices. We all know that she's got a bunch of other matches out there, right? Especially if she's very beautiful, right? She's going to have other men she can choose. So why you? Why not one of these other guys? Okay, this is why this is relevant, right? So we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to note too, this gets even more important as you age, right? Now, when, when you're a 19-year-old college student, you don't have to have as much of your life figured out yet because you're 19, you're in school, you're thinking about future directions, you're getting there, people have realistic expectations. The same is not true for a 40-year-old, right? Women are going to expect you to know a little bit more of yourself. That doesn't mean you need to know everything. It doesn't mean you can't change your mind, of course. Okay, but you should be moving along that path, certainly. Okay, and simply 
you know, saying that you like hanging out with fr- friends, you're, you're fun to be around, you're enjoying going out for food is not going to be enough like it would have been in college, perhaps. Okay, you're at a different point. There's got to be something that makes you extraordinary, okay? Something that's alluring to her. And really, the key word here is inspiring, okay? What inspires another person, right? A lot of people look to you, Trip, and they're inspired by you. They say, like, wow, that guy, he's just got so much. And he helps all these men, got great material, and they find that inspiring, right? It's a draw for you, okay? Or a draw to you, rather. So the question is then, what def- what, how do you define an inspiring lifestyle? Okay, what lifestyle choices are going to draw the women in? Because most people have interests and they have pursuits, but not all of those are necessarily attractive to the women. So that's what I want to get at today. I want to get at, okay, what do you have to do to actually get that girl to be inspired to you? Now, I want to I say this real quick because sure. we also want to make sure that we're not telling guys, hey, you know, I'm just, this is a, an example like, hey, you should play tennis because chicks dig tennis or whatever it may be. You know, I want guys to feel empowered to be able to still do the things that they want to do and not feel that they're doing stuff so that women are attracted to them. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, that's the beauty of this. This should be a fun task, right? Figuring out your lifestyle and figuring out what you like to do. This actually goes into one of my first points. I'm going to talk about three things here. My first point is that almost anything can be a desirable trait or a desirable interest in the eyes of the viewer, the women, right? Okay, so in other words, you're allowed to basically do whatever you want. You talked about, okay, well, you don't really have to go play tennis or do any one particular thing to try and impress women. Not what this is about. What this is about is finding something that you love to do, but which would also happen to inspire the girl, right? And so the key word here is ownership, Okay, I want you to take ownership over whatever activity it is that you choose. You might even use the word dominance too, right, Trip? Some sometimes I use those terms interchangeably. Okay. But to give you an example, I've had I've actually had multiple clients here. And their their real hobby, when you ask them what they love to do, they had a lot of the usual hanging out with friends, kind of the basic stuff that doesn't inspire. And then they said, Well, you know, Eric, I really love rollerblading. But I'm not putting that on my profile and I'm not telling that to girls I go out on dates with because, well, it's kind of effeminate, right? Completely. Funny. Ro- I never really thought of it as effeminate. I guess uh, roller skating is a, is a little effeminate. Rollerblading feels like the masculine version. But either way, I guess that's, that's what they thought. Continue. I suppose it, it's mostly just a matter of perception, right? A false perception. No one is actually saying this or that isn't effeminate, just like no one is saying, yeah, tennis is what is impressive and other things aren't, okay? That's not the point. Good point, what, yeah. you, you can do just about whatever you want in life. I, I want you to do what you would do. I want you to have genuine interest. I want you to have fun with your life. But you need to take ownership over everything. So here's what happened with now a couple of these clients who loved this supposedly effeminate sport of rollerblading or maybe roller skating. Honestly, I can't remember which is which anymore. Um, At first, what they were doing is they were apologizing for the interest. Oh, rough. Right? They were 
Yeah, and maybe not literally coming out and apologizing, but trying to hide it, right? And if it but came not up, like, I'm sorry, I rollerblade. Yeah, if if it ever came up, you know, she asked him an honest question on a date. Oh, well, you know, I kind of do some rollerblading. It's uh, let's leave it at that. Switch off topic, okay? Trying to hide it as much as possible, or or being like self. Uh, it's like self-deprecation where you're saying, yeah, I, I go rollerblading every once in a while. I know it's kind of lame, but it's, uh, I, I think yeah. it's Yeah, exactly. Right. I've actually had people apologize for that. I've had people apologize. I've, I've been on dates where women are apologizing to me because of where they're from. Right. Oh, I'm from Southern California. Sorry, don't judge me. I'm like, what, what the hell are you talking about? I'm having a great time. Why would I judge you? Also, you know? what a weird thing to say. Yeah. Isn't that like a funny thing to say? Like, how can you judge someone from where they are? So I think behind that point, it's someone's saying that someone's apologizing for what they like, where they're from. It's such a silly thing, but you know why they're doing it. It's a sign of low self-esteem and that's not very attractive. That's right. That's right. Um, now with, with this client, I'm thinking about the rollerblader. I, of course I coached him and I said, Actually, I want you to stop apologizing for this. In fact, I want you to start promoting yourself based on the fact that you love rollerblading. And I want you to have complete ownership and dominance over that quality. Okay, I want you to run big with it here. Long story short, this client, he, he took my advice. He actually started a, a rollerblading meetup. Amazing. It was a little bit small at first. And then about six men came in. Okay, well, there are no women in there, but there's six men. But a few months went by, and about three women signed up too. Currently, he's actually chatting with one of them. I think they're loosely kind of seeing each other. Kind of. Oh my that, god, that's awesome! Yeah, kind of that bridge between like, okay, you're part of my group to you know, can we push this to romantic heights, right? So not only was he doing the wrong thing by hiding it, and apologizing it, but he's now meeting women for it. He also had a girlfriend where, uh, you know, she, she of course thought it was really cool, right? She didn't think that was embarrassing or offended at all. She said like, oh, wow, you're a skilled rollerblader. He's one of those guys doing jumps and flips and things and making videos about it. And she's like, that's amazing. Like that is not offended at all. That is awesome. And, and so I just, I want people to realize it almost doesn't matter what you do. You could be a seamstress if you want to go, go start a sewing club, whatever it is you do though, don't apologize for it. Okay. Complete ownership over it. Right. And you would be surprised where that gets you. I'll jump in here real quick. It's sure something I've been thinking about the past few years because of the rise of social media, especially something like TikTok, where you just get to see every person do all kinds of crazy shit. Things that you've never seen before. Things that people are passionate about. You're like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Videos that go viral. I mean, people who are, I don't know, in, in the woods carving crazy things and out of wood and in trees or you get people who just have these really unique hobbies or you, you see beekeepers like doing all these crazy things with bees and like finding the queens. They can gather all the bees and take them out of a certain area that they've infested. I guess what I'm saying is I think our culture now is 
becoming a lot more accepting of the kind of weird things that we never thought existed. It's like people are like, wow, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? It's like part of it. I don't know. That's just my opinion, my theory. Yeah. People are seeing things. It's not like, oh, you're a nerd. You do this. It's like, whoa, that's kind of cool. That's unique. That's it. It's almost cool to have that unique part about you that you do this interesting little weird hobby. And so I feel that now, you know, with guys who do have their own hobbies and interests that might be self-conscious of it, it's, it's not something to be scared of showing. And Eric, that's actually amazing. It's the first time you told me that um, with, yeah. with, you know, one of our clients that they're, they've gotten to the point where they started their own meetup. Where are they based? I'm curious. They're, they're in Portland, Oregon. Okay. Yeah, they are in okay, Portland, cool. Oregon and uh, or in the Portland, Oregon area anyhow. And that's so great. yeah, and so he's Perfect city to have uh fun unique hobbies, that's for sure. That's for that is for certain, absolutely. But um but the but the I I've seen it in all sorts of forms. I've I've had clients who were, you know, they're millionaires from their businesses which they started from scratch and they told me, I don't talk about this on the date. I certainly don't identify my career even in my profile. And I said, you know, why the hell not? I said, well, because I don't want people to feel like it's bragging, right? I kind of want to hide that. And I said, well, no, you, you don't necessarily want to talk about how you're rich or anything, but you do want to you know, talk about how enthusiastic you are for your life and what you're doing with your career. Yeah. And he started getting much better results with that. So it doesn't matter if it's business or rollerblading, whatever it could be. If it's important to you, the key is go big and go strong with it. Don't apologize. When it looks weak, it's because you went light with it and then you pulled back or you yeah. hit it or you tried to apologize. Okay. Women find it very sexy when you stick to your guns, when yeah. you're dominant about what you do and you do not care what they think. Okay. I like that it. is what you want. Very cool. Keep it coming. What else we sure. got? Sure. Sure. So. Facet number two here, have a leadership element to the things that you participate in. You might not be able to do it with every single thing, but even just having one or two. Okay. So a leadership element to be clear, that would mean this is how, this is my criteria. You have to be directly supervising, managing, or organizing other people in some form. Okay. So if you say, well, I really love to travel. I've been around the world and friends often ask me for advice. They consider me kind of the guru. That's not a leadership element. Okay. It's not. Okay. Now, if you started a company, right? A travel agency, something where you're directly organizing, benefiting people in a more structured manner, that's absolute leader leadership. And in fact, that would most, most of us have a leadership quality in our career somehow. Right, Not all of us, but certainly if you are a supervisor or a manager in some form, if you don't already have that in your career, you, you probably will one day. Right, So career is a really big, obvious one for a lot of people. But going, going back to the rollerblader for here, he not only said, do I, you know, do I like rollerblading? Yeah, I, I love it. But he actually said, well, hell, I'm going to have other people do it too. I'm going to organize other people. Okay, I'm going to lead rollerblading trips. Right, So Leadership, always very sexy to women, no matter what it is that you do here. 
So I, some uh, of the I hobbies used to call I like, that, or I still call that the creator of events. The creator of events. Yes, that's yeah. right. Being a creator of events yeah. was was a term that I that I use is a term that I use. I like the word leadership just because not everything is an event necessarily that you could still identify yourself Definitely. as the leader, right? Yeah. But but I I for instance you you already know I'm really into backpacking through mountains and things like that. Sure. Okay. I now lead trips doing that. I don't get paid for it. It's just for fun, right? But became a leader for that. I'm actively taking people out into the mountains. I'm not the only leader through that group, right? But I'm one of them. It gives me a social presence. People look up to me. People want to shake my hand. They want to know me more. Okay. And it sounds better. If I go on a date with a girl, it just simply sounds better to say like, oh yeah, I lead a hiking, a backpacking group versus just, oh, I really like hiking. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's huge. I would even say this too. We just have a natural affinity towards people who are leaders. I, I think it's ingrained in us to look up to someone who's leading and it's not, doesn't have to be a president, right? It can be something as simple as a person who's a tour guide. It can be something like, I'll, I'll give an example here. I remember in 2000 and must've been 20, I don't know, 12, probably 2011, I was going to a meetup group and the meetup group that the topic of the meetup was social media marketing because I was learning about how to do social media marketing for, uh, for trip advice. And I remember when I went there, it was super popular. There was always about 20 to 30 people who were going to the monthly meetups, but it was ran by one guy. And he seemed to know quite a bit about social media marketing. I don't think he was an absolute guru across the board, but he knew a lot. It was just an amateur meetup. And, you know, it's like you just go there and you're like, wow, this is, this is the man. Like, this is the guy. Just because he's leading this huge group and because not only is he leading the group, but there's people there. So it just gives that person authority. You become attracted to that person. Of course, I don't mean for me being sexually attracted to the guy, but you like look up to him in a way. You see them as more powerful. There's something that draws you towards them. You know, you think they're, you just, layman's terms, you think they're kind of cool as yeah. long as they're not like an asshole or something like that where you're like, oh, fuck this guy. But no, he was like a really cool guy. And it's funny because turns out I got to know him a little bit and he ended up, I guess he was used to date a girl that was friends with a friend of a friend. So we were, we were in this almost close related social circle to the point where I would see him at parties and stuff uh, soon after that. And then I got to know him and it was funny because I was like, man, it's so interesting. I, I, I like the guy. He's a great guy. He didn't do anything that showed me otherwise, but I kind of came back down a level where I was like, Oh yeah. It's funny how much I looked up to him because he was just this leader of this group. Now I see him more of my equal only because now we're in this friend circle together. And I was like, wow, I, I found it interesting how much your view can change of a person when you see them as this leader versus someone who you just kind of know. And again, I still saw him in that way and he still had value in my eyes when we were hanging out in our social circle, but 
it almost like is this weird trickery that happens. And that can happen anytime. I mean, that happens. I mean, it still happened. I remember when I was in a, a nomadic group, when I went to Bali, where they hosted nomads and you pay them and they give you a place to live and they feed you and they, you know, tour you around the the country or whatever. And there was some leaders there and the same thing kind of happened. It's like, there is something about leadership where you feel more drawn to that person. And it works, especially like you're saying, Eric, especially in the realm of attraction with, with a woman being attracted to a man, because leadership happens to be that masculine quality, that provider protector quality that women are really attracted to. Exactly. And so again, it almost doesn't even matter what it's for, but just to have any of these leadership qualities, right? Yep. And at the very at the very least, it just says, wow, you really love that interest. You've got so much passion for your life that you felt the need to start or organize a group of other people doing that. Right. Pretty fearless, right? And that's that's yeah, that's attractive. Yeah. Just like with the rollerblader, right? Just like with the rollerblader, he suddenly became attractive when he stopped apologizing for these things and when he became a leader in the, uh, I guess you call it the rollerblading community. Okay. People are looking up to him. They want to shake his hands. They, they want to go ahead and uh, go skating with him sometime, right? On a trip he'll lead. So, so there's, there's a third facet here I want to talk about. And this is really like the thesis. This is probably the most important one, honestly. And, and by the way, I just want to remind, for those who don't know me, I, I know a lot of people are familiar with me. A lot of listeners are familiar with me as a coach here by now. But for those who do not know where I'm coming from, I don't just make this stuff up. What I do is I collect data from women that most most often these days comes in the form of profile surveys, feedback I get about like male profiles, as well as mock dating feedback because we have mock dates available for the clients, right? Where you could actually either do it virtually or go meet a girl in person and have a practice date. So I've done hundreds of these at this point. My five years of coaching, I've done hundreds of these. And so I'm really starting to see a lot of the statistics. And I see the girl saying things like, I wasn't attracted to him. He didn't have that spark I wanted. And then I see girls saying, yeah, I really liked him. It was really cool, all the stuff he was talking about. So I started to wonder, okay, well, well what are the differentiating factors here? right? What puts you on one side or the other side of the fence? And so I, I did some analysis and I've basically broken it down to this. There's essentially two types of qualities when it comes to you choosing your traits, your activities, how you want to develop your lifestyle, right? Okay. So there's growth oriented traits and then there's leisure oriented traits. And I'm going to explain these. What you want are growth oriented traits, Okay, so what that means in the most juvenile form, it means that you're willing to develop yourself based on the activity or that interest that you have. Whereas with a leisure one, you are not. There's not any real growth or development happening. But to put it into a formula here, these leisure traits, which are okay to have some, you're just not going to use them to try promote or inspire yourself to women because they're not going to do that. They are, they're basically 100% fun and 0% stress, okay, or pretty close to that. Okay, so mathematically, when you go to these growth-oriented traits, which is what you do want, 
they're about 50% fun and 50% stress. Okay. Okay. Here's why. Because if you had an activity that was no fun and all stress, you simply would be overwhelmed and you never want to do it again. Right. If you have a leisure activity, which is all fun and no stress, well, you're having fun. You're having a great time, but you yourself are not going to develop from that at all. You're not pushing your bounds in any way, right? There's no challenge really. So when you have these growth oriented activities, you can even call it like more like an adventure sort of trait. Okay. You're having fun with it. You're enjoying it. You should do it because it's fun. But you're also wanting to develop. You have that drive to develop, to better yourself, to learn some new skills, right? To push yourself as far as you can go. So that's kind of the gold that you want there. Okay. You want these growth oriented traits. Those can be anything too. Okay. Sports, right? For instance, you're working on a sport. Is it fun? Yeah. Is it challenging? Yeah. There's challenge with it, right? It's not necessarily easy. You're always trying to push yourself to the next level. The same is true with just about any activity that involves you developing up to a a different level in time. It's these growth-oriented activities that women are going to find inspiring, whereas with the leisure ones, and this is things like playing video games, watching Netflix, maybe reading, again, they're okay to have, but they're not going to be the things that women are inspired by. So the mistakes that I've been seeing a lot of clients make, the ones who aren't getting good reviews on their mock dates or getting a lot of women with online dating, I started to notice they're using leisure activities, right? Leisure-oriented activities or interests in their profiles and their conversations. And they're talking about the things, well, I, I like reading and, oh, here's a favorite show of mine. So I like getting massages every weekend. Yeah, or or hanging out with friends or that kind of thing. So so just to be clear, all those things are fine to have. I've I I love video games, right? I have that too. Let's you know, I'm Christ, I'm still on StarCraft right now. You know, I I love having we'll do a powwow, we'll get someone playing Zerg, I'll be Protoss. That stuff's great. But I'm not gonna use it to advertise or promote myself or try to inspire women with because it's very unlikely that someone's going to be inspired by that. There's exceptions, right? If she happens to have a vested interest in video games, sure. But for the most part, those are things we do to relax, right? We watch movies, we listen to music. That's all gravy. It's great to have those relaxing activities. You also need to have some growth-oriented ones there. And the men who are successful in kind of sustaining relationships or having women want to come up to them and meet them and go out with them, they tend to have these growth-oriented ones because they're all about advancing themselves, right? Reaching the next level, not settling for anything. They found something they love and they're going to keep pushing themselves harder and harder to get better at it. And they typically learn from it, right? And grow from it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I never really broke it down into those two categories. You know what I think is also unattractive about leisure activities? Not all of them, but like the general ones, they're just really boring. And most people do them. I think that's what's also uninspiring when I hear it. It's like, oh, cool. You watch TV. Okay. You read. All right. You, you know, this is your favorite show. And what were some of the other leisure activities? Oh God. There's so many video games. It's probably a big one. Video games. 
I see that a lot with the male clients. Yeah. I think just, we all secretly like video games, don't we? I used to play a lot of video games. Not anymore. Um, okay. Not anymore. But I'm sure if I had some more leisure time that I'd probably get into it. It's yeah. just something that I, I was obsessed though from ages like seven to fifteen. I mean it was it was nonstop. But but anyway, yeah, it it just kind of like it's just boring. Uninspiring, boring. But you know, I will say this though. There are some I think that are a little bit of white noise activities also. Like I think, and don't get me wrong, I love hiking. It's something I do now that I'm in Nashville, like almost every weekend. But everyone's hiking. Everyone says they yeah. like hiking. It's almost like good to have some sort of part of your lifestyle that you can exclaim that's a little bit more interesting. I think that that would help or at least find the things that you're interested in that you can say that are a little bit more interesting. Like maybe reading is a leisure activity, but if you read something very specific, that could be a little bit more interesting. If you have that, I don't know. It depends, you know, if you're into a very specific type of genre, but I think it's, it's kind of the blandness of a leisure activity that also is, is just not so attractive. But what kind of advice would you would you give to guys, Eric, who are like listening and they're like, well, what do you want me to do? This is the stuff I like. You know, like, am yeah. I just supposed to change my world around so I can just get some girls to like me? I have some thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours first. Okay, the answer to that question, should you change your world around, is yes and no. Okay, so first of all, I'm not advising you truly change who you are to impress a girl. That's not the point. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, you can keep all your leisure activities. If you love doing that stuff, keep doing it. You don't have to stop. But you are a man, and you need to constantly be thinking about how you can develop yourself to the next level, right? How you can keep growing and challenging yourself as a person. Okay, that's important. So it simply might mean you need to explore some new activities in addition to the leisure ones. Okay, but have something that's a growth-oriented activity, right? Something that just really makes you want to go out and conquer it. And when you fail the first time, guess what? Doesn't matter. You're going to practice. You're going to keep working at it, right? That's the sort of thing women are going to be inspired to. So good news, you got to keep your leisure activities, I don't care if it's magic cards or video games or watching Netflix. All that stuff is legal. You get to keep it. But I don't want you settling for something passive, a passive lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, I think we're kind of what you're saying here, Erica, what I'm gathering is killing two birds with one stone. It's like, let's create a lifestyle that's going to be, excuse me, helpful and, and just something that's going to better your life overall. And Hey, good news. That can also be very attractive to women. So you're going to be benefiting from it. And it's also going to have a byproduct of attracting women. I think that's kind of the key here. What we're saying is it's a byproduct. I even talk about that in my book, magnetic, literally the section where I talk about lifestyle. Well, actually the whole section where I talk about your, your uh, outer qualities I talk about your lifestyle, but I also talk about your finances, your health, and I'm forgetting the last one. But either way, those things are the, uh, and your appearance, there you go. So 
Those things are things that you do for you. I'll say that again. Those are things you do for you so you can live a great life. So you can have a lifestyle that's fun and interesting. So you can have really great wealth and health. So you can look good, therefore feel good. And then the byproduct or one of the many byproducts of that is that women will find themselves more attracted to you. That's right. Yeah, I, I like that a lot, actually. Um, I'll um, Let me say this. A few years ago, actually back when I was starting out, right, before I knew all this, before I had the data to analyze, I did have a, a particularly um, cumbersome client, and he came to me and he explained that literally his only interests were video games. Like, that was it. That's what he spent all his free time doing. He was a software developer. And, and I think there's a reason why you might be interested in video games if you're a software developer. Of course, it's in line with what you do, right? But he had nothing else. Um, really just loved playing video games. And I even asked him things, okay, well, what about, you know, do you have any experience traveling, right? Just trying to gauge a little bit here, trying to probe his mind for some ideas that we can use. And he said, well, no, I, I don't, honestly. Um, I have no interest in traveling, and he said, it's, I'm just, I wouldn't be comfortable in a foreign country, right? And so I, I added this all up to it. I said, in the eyes of women, you're someone who's not even willing to try something new and challenging and that might frighten you a little bit. And it, it's one thing to say that you've tried and it just wasn't for you. That's fair. That's valid. Happens all the time, actually, right? I could not get into yoga even after doing 10 sessions of it. I just, I really gave it a f- fair try and it just wasn't for me. So that's all that's legal, right? But for you to be able to say essentially what it comes off is is you saying I'm too scared to try anything new or that might be a little bit challenging. That's how the women see it when all you want to do is play video games and you say no no, I'm not going to I'm not going to travel or I'm not going to try this activity where I have to meet with other people and socialize. You're saying that you're not going to be that masculine dominant person with life. And there's just simply no reason why that's ever going to inspire or attract a woman, right? Just not. I'll add this too. I know that there's people who might listen to a podcast like this and say something like, yeah, listen, how about you just get rich and be super good looking and then you don't have to have any interesting activities and and women will want to be with you. And I'll say this. Uh, you're not wrong. If you are a super wealthy person, okay, so let, let's let's say you're Elon Musk, for example. Mm-hmm. This guy probably works 24 hours a day. I doubt he has these, you know, I don't know, unique interests, so to speak. Women are still going to want a guy like that. They're going to want a billionaire. They're going to want a millionaire. They're going to want a guy who's tall, rich, handsome. You're absolutely right. However, I will say two things to that. One, imagine you are a guy who happens to be tall, good-looking, and rich, and you have all the things that Eric is saying here today. Well, then you better believe that it is going to get even more women than you can ever imagine. So that there is still weight to the fact of having a lifestyle that's, that's more interesting than, let's say, I don't know, work and watching TV, even if you are tall, good-looking, and, uh, and wealthy. But I'll also say this, this is kind of one of those things that helps a guy like you, me, and any other person who's 
your average looking dude, your guy who's not powerful, multimillionaire, you know, super, um, all of it, you know, handsome, wealthy kind of guy. These are the things that are going to make the non-traditional good looking person more attractive. And that's kind of one of the big thesis of this entire podcast, right? How to talk to girls. Why, why do we learn that? Why do we learn any of this stuff is because it actually holds a solid weight to be a more attractive person without having to be rich, tall, and handsome. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, ultimately, this is really for everybody, right? This podcast, it's for your average person. And how can we benefit them? Yeah, most most of our listeners probably are not already the the super good looking model who's got a lot of money and the cars and everything, of course. So now this is all advice that is catered to just the average person, everyone really, right? And and that's what most of us are. Most of us are the average person. That's kind of what average means by definition there. Okay, so that's what we've got. Some practical advice just to kind of close this, really. Yep. For all you listeners out there, if, if you're not sure if you're able to inspire women, try this really quick, simple exercise. Analyze, go ahead and, and just make a quick list about the stuff that you actually do with your life, whether it's a sport or music, hobby. Okay, go ahead and list that stuff out. And do, do this kind of sorting game here. I've told you about growth-oriented activities, and I've told you about leisure ones. Okay, and just sort, right? Which ones are leisure and which ones are growth? And what you want there, it's fine to have the leisure ones, but you need to have probably a few growth-oriented ones. Okay, and if you find yourself with a lot of leisure ones and no growth-oriented ones, or maybe just one, then you need to work on it, right? You need to do some exploring here. And that in itself can be a really fun process. It really can. Um, There's no reason to be intimidated by it. Keep in mind that a growth-oriented activity That is going to be, this is obviously just rough here, but that is going to be 50% fun and 50% stress. In other words, it's a fun activity that has challenge to it. That's what you're aiming for, okay? If it's 100% fun, you've got leisure, great, but you're not growing from it, okay? And you're certainly not inspiring or attracting any women with it, right? So get get some other growth-oriented ones in there if that's the case. Yeah, I like it. Good advice. Any last thoughts here, Eric? I think I've said my piece for today. Okay. I hope everyone gets it. Summarize it. Always have ownership over what it is you do. I don't care if you're a rollerblader or, or a jock or someone who owns a business. Whatever it is you do, live your truth. Absolute ownership over that. Don't apologize for it. You go up a, a huge degree of sexiness just for doing that. Okay, learning to do that. Get some leadership elements in some of your activities. Even just one or two can be great. And develop those growth-oriented lifestyle activities as opposed to just leisure ones, okay? That's the summary. Cool. Awesome. Guys, listen to Eric. He knows his stuff. That's why he's one of the coaches here at TripAdvice. If you need help and you want to work with Eric, with one of the TripAdvice coaches, go to tripadvicecoaching.com and you can fill out a short form that gives us a little information about you. We can hop on a call with you and we can chat and break down your whole entire dating life to see where we can help you. And we love to help you. Whether you are a 40-year-old virgin or you are a guy who's getting plenty of dates, but they're just not sticking, whatever your situation is, 
We can help you. We can solve it. And go to tripadvicecoaching.com to start the process. Eric, you're the man. Thanks for coming on. And I'll talk to you next month, buddy. Thank you, Trip.